0: Hey y'all, East Coast Ed here. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can be a monthly supporter for as little as 99 cents a month. This podcast will always be free, but if you help Matt and I out for future episodes, supporters will be shouted out on the show and large supporters will be randomly selected to do predictions for a big pay-per-view event in the future. So please click the support tab and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, along with my co-host, Ed Carbajal. And on a weekly basis, we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports. Ed, you survived the hurricane scare. How's it going, man?
0: That's all right. We're a little wet out here, but uh, I mean, it's a good day for me. I get to talk to my homeboy that's been in the game with me for a while, uh, Daniel Zaldivar. Uh, I don't know how many projects he's got going. Z-Boxing News, his latest venture is the last round podcast. Que pasa? What's up, man?
2: Uh, well, I'm not in a hurricane over here in Los Angeles, so I can tell you that. <laughs> so, you know, we're pretty dry over here. I think it was, what, 80, 87 degrees today over here in Southern California, the L.A. area. So, you know, I, I feel for you, man, over there, that rain and that hurricane. But, yeah,
0: you yeah, like feel you said, for you... me, dude. You never feel for me. You always rub <laughs> your nice weather in. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like we, you said, yeah, we we go back quite a few years. Uh of course you're the MMA guy and then the, I'm the boxing guy. Yeah. So whenever we need information from each other, we hit each other up. Yeah. And we're still here. Still yeah. surviving.
0: Just some background for folks that are listening and watching this stuff. So me me and Danny go way back. We actually started this whole uh covering combat sports together, what was it, twenty fourteen?
2: I think so, yeah.
0: Yeah, so we go we go back a few years and uh we worked at this uh now defunct site called Page 2 Sports, but uh pretty much Daniel, myself and Amy Kaplan that's over at FanSided now, uh built the Fight Night channel over there and it was just literally us doing uh Amy was uh doing both and uh I was doing MMA and and Daniel was the the main boxing guy and if you haven't read any of his stuff um I, I share it a lot on Twitter. I mean, uh, he writes at Under the Hand Wraps now, and uh, and right. and then he just started this podcast with uh, with his buddy Michael Shepard. The last round, so um,
2: yeah, and he's yeah, from England. So yeah, it's, it's a Mexican it's American, a Mexican American, and an English guy who now lives in in Southern California. So it's it's a pretty it's a pretty interesting spin on the boxing game. So yeah. if you get a chance, listen to it.
0: So you guys uh I know both Matt and I actually didn't get to watch Canelo and Triple G. I listened to your your first episode where you guys talked about it but uh, I know you and Matt uh, watched Canelo and Triple G I, I only saw the the highlights and the results afterwards but I mean please fill me in with, what what happened on Saturday
2: Well, we got a better fight than we did last year um, but you know of course there's always gonna be people who cry robbery or you know Um, especially when there's a lot of casual fans watching. Um, You know, you're going to get a lot more of the negative feedback. But, you know, to go to the the final outcome, Canelo Alvarez defeated uh, Triple G Gennady Golovkin uh, by majority decision. So, I mean, I know you know what majority decision is. MMA guys have the same thing. But um, for everybody out there, one of the cards was a draw, 114-114, and the other ones were 115-113 in favor of, Saul Canelo Alvarez, who ended up taking Gennady Golovkin's uh, middleweight titles, the WBA world title, um, the WBC world title. And there is another world title that that was up for grabs, but Canelo chose not to pay the sanctioning fee for that belt because it's not really like a respected sanctioning body. Um, You know, this isn't like uh, like in your guys' world, the MMA world, UFC, Bellator, where it's all you know. One body owns every single belt uh, over here in boxing. There's a bunch of different. There's a bunch of different sanctioning bodies who have their own respective world titles. Um, so at the moment, Canelo Alvarez is the current WBA uh, middle middleweight world champion and the WBC uh, middleweight world champion. Um, and it was a great fight. It was a great fight. If you got if you got to watch it. Um, they both, you know, they blood, sweat and and tears in the ring. Um, the reason why I thought Canelo probably won it. And because he got the nod, um, is because he was chasing Gennady Golovkin for most of the fight, probably the first seven rounds. Mm. And that was a big criticism that he got, that he got last year was that he was fighting off his back foot, even though last year he was, he was just counter punching. He's always been a counter puncher. So, you know, if you're a student of the game. If you're an actual fan, then you can see what he did last year. I mean, it just depends on what type of style you like, but he's a counterpuncher. So, you know, if if you knew what he, type of fighter he was, that's what he that's how he fought. And this year, before this fight, he was getting criticized, "Oh, he's going to run again, he's going to run again." Well, for a majority of the fight, like about 7 rounds, he was the aggressor. He was chasing Triple G, and nobody's ever chased Triple G. And honestly, I think that's what won him the fight, even though it was extremely extremely close. I mean, I know you You say you didn't watch it, but, I mean, you know, what have you heard over there on the, on the East Coast Um, from, you know, have you talked to anybody at work or any colleagues in Dude, terms of the fight? What what'd they I, think?
0: I was in my hometown. I had to rush back to my hometown. I was actually – my Saturday night I was helping support a f- friend in a grappling tournament, and then I had to leave that because I had a family emergency at home. So I was in my hometown, and outside of the screaming and the, and the yelling and the noises, I thought – I thought the lawlessness was going on in, in my hometown because it's like, you know, the Latinos and the Mexicans were, we all happy. We're all happy with what happened. So I, I had to, of course I had to refer to Twitter to find out about the controversial de, de, uh, decisions. I mean, people were talking about the Mexican judges with the Mexican holiday. And, uh, you know, I was just like, okay. I mean, I, I'm like in my mind, I was like, can we not have a boxing, a big boxing card that, that doesn't end with this type of, of, uh, you know, chatter on the internet afterwards because it seems like that the, it always happens. Happened the last time, it's it's happening this time. And then I'm just like, all right, I'm like, I'm like this seems par for the course. But uh, I mean, the consensus of, of like media folk that I talk to, everyone seems to side with the Triple G winning. And um, I mean, but the highlights that I saw show Canelo doing sh- I, I, the highlights I saw showed Canelo doing well, but I didn't see him attacking. All the highlights was was him doing the matrix like, you know, bullet dodge off of these right. attack. So in my mind I was like, all right, well that's not really aggressive he's not scoring any significant strikes and he's not being aggressive so I could see how that would score against him, but that's still pretty dope. You know, <laughs> you know. So I was right. just that's where I was. That's where I was. But again, like I was like, let me uh I s- that's why I reached out to you because I was like, let me reach out to my man because I got to get the real
2: off this. You know what I well, mean? Well let me let me, well let me let me let me let me kind of give you an inside scoop and, and you know and of course I, I, go, I go more in detail um if you know if you want to hear a, a you know a big detailed explanation for like about 45 minutes between myself and my co-host uh, michael shepard over here in southern california uh our second episode of the last round podcast actually just dropped uh last night it's on apple podcast spotify google uh, audio boom all the major ones so if you want to listen to it we, we dive deep into into that fight um and we analyze it but the reason why I th- I think Canelo won the fight, of course, of course, you know he he was he was the aggressor for majority of the fight, about seven rounds, but it's all it also depends on how you score a fight, especially in boxing. I mean, I know you, you guys can shed some more light on MMA and MMA judges and what exactly they look for and stuff. I mean, I have a general idea, but of course, you guys, I defer to you guys on that. But in terms of boxing, when you're a judge or even just a fan, how you're judging the fight, but especially a judge, some of them are going to judge based on, okay, is this guy landing more jabs or, you know, are they, are, will they give you the round just because of the, you know, you, you touching your opponent, you, your, your punches might, might not be significant with aggression. They had an effectiveness behind it, but you're st- statistically winning that round because you landed more punches or, are you judging based on the effectiveness of your punches? Um, you know, the power punches. Uh, I think the, the CompuBox statistics following the fight was that Canelo Alvarez landed 145 power punches and Gennady Golovkin landed, I think, like between 105 and like 110. Um, so, you know, they were hand in hand, but Canelo's, Canelo's shots throughout the fight were more deafening. They, they were showcased more. But Gennady Golovkin landed more jabs. He outlanded uh, Canelo by in the jab category, like three to one. Mm. Um, so you know, and th- if you're if you're a student of the game, like I scored it one fifteen, one thirteen, Gennady Golovkin, mm. I did. But I wasn't. I even even after the fight was over, I wasn't surprised. I even said, you know what? If it goes one fifteen, one thirteen, Canelo, I completely see that. I completely see that because. I judged it just based on the experience I have. I judged it based on statistics. Gennady Golovkin was landing those jabs, those jabs, those jabs, and but Canelo would still respond. So it wasn't like he Canelo was getting tagged and then he stopped for the rest of the two minute two, two minutes of the round, three minutes of the round, and he completely lost the round. But he responded. He responded with combinations. And one thing one thing that I think really hurt Gennady Golovkin is that he didn't go to the body. And last year he was criticized for not going to the body. And Canelo went to the body both fights, to the point where I think that also gave him an advantage because in the middle rounds you can see that it started slowing down, Triple G, because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, be, you being in, in actually practicing MMA, you know, body shots, they're no joke. If you know how to yeah. hit the body, if you know how to hit the body um, – most of the time that can be more effective than actually knocking you in the head. Um, You knock the wind out of people. You hit him in the, you get that liver shot. Canelo was working that body all night long. And in the middle rounds, you can even hear the commentary like, Oh, you know what? Gennady's feeling that Gennady's feeling that. And it came to the point where like Canelo would faint to the, with the left hook to the top and, and or, or faint with the left hook to the body and Gennady with, with with an instinct, he would put his hands down to block the body shot, and Canelo at the last second would raise it and hit him in the face. Because you know he's like, "Whoa, I don't want to take it down here because I'm already hurt." And Canelo just put in a lot of work in on that body, on that body. But Gennady was still coming back in the later rounds. He came back, yeah. And and you know I don't know where he found the gas, but he he let, he had he had gas in the tank. And like as I mentioned, he outlanded him in the jab category. Um, and that that's that's what I was focusing on. But like I said, even though I scored at 115-113, at the end, I said, you know what? If it goes draw or 115-113 Canelo, I completely understand that. I completely understand that. Like, this this was way closer than the first fight. Way closer than the first fight. And, you know, people shouldn't be, you know, complaining about it and everything. But, you know, I'm sure like you guys know, especially when big superstars fight like Conor McGregor or canelo alvarez floyd mayweather you're always going to get a big subsection of casual fans who don't watch the sport but they're attracted to the superstar who's in who's in the bout yeah and they well don't, you know they're not oh sorry to cut you off but you know they're not as savvy about the sport as you know us in our respective sports so you know they're the ones they're sharing on twitter majority of the time and and you hear all this narrative and stuff but you know, it, it happens, but you know, it's good that people supporting the sports, regardless. What were you saying?
1: No, I was just—I just wanted to jump in. I, you know, I watched the fight, and I, you know, I grew up watching boxing. I, I, uh, you know, listening to Tyson fights on the radio when I was younger, and you know, and and I watched up until you know, the early two thousands, the Holyfield Tyson fights, and then you know, I kind of really got into MMA hard and heavy, and boxing kind of faded for a while. So I'm not an expert on boxing, but I, I do. I feel like I know the game pretty well, and and uh, you know, other than knowing not knowing all the up and coming guys, I I catch all the good fights and, and and stuff like that. I'm glad I heard your your scorecard because I I had it one sixteen one twelve for uh, Triple G. Um, I I you know I I thought that uh you know I don't, watching the American broadcast, I thought the announcers were pretty biased towards Canelo. Um, you know when well, you, you know start what- talking.
2: Go ahead. You know what's funny, just to just to, just to add to that, you know what's funny is that last year in last year's broadcast, they were pretty biased towards Triple G. And I and this I, year's I... broadcast, they were kind of biased towards Canelo. So it, it was kind of a it was kind of a weird conundrum to to, to notice when as I was watching the broadcast. Like, you know, I, I let me can I ask you, did the did the Harold Letterman, who's an unofficial score, scorekeeper for HBO? Um, during the broadcast, did it did his did his cards and how he scored each round, especially when they went to him when they deferred to him on the broadcast, did did he influence your decision at all to give that one sixty one twelve scorecard? Because Harold Letterman had that same exact scorecard. No,
1: um, I, actually, I, I watch when I watch it. I was on the uh, MMACommunity.com dot com forum, and I actually oh, no. tr- I actually post my score before Letterman's come out. So because I try not to be influenced by him. So I and. and you know i it, it would be on i'd be on if i didn't say i was rooting for triple g especially after the last result so I, there could have been right. a slight a small bias there um but i i had it after 10 rounds i had it 5-5 five, five. so it wasn't as if i i you know and then i had uh and i had triple g winning the last two to make it to make it 116-112 you know i you know you had it 115-113 about 90% of the the media i've seen had triple g winning or a draw um I've seen one or two people had Canelo. I think the, the survey on the uh, on the MMA community forum was about, you know, not a ton of votes, but it was about 20, 20 people voted. Either Triple G would have accepted a draw, and about two people had Canelo, you know, would have accepted a draw. I mean, the, the majority of people thought it was a really close fight, a great fight. You know, one of the be- better fights we've seen in a long time, um, at least the one that you had to pay money for. So I don't think anybody felt like they, uh, they got jobbed out of their money uh, this time but um and i and i think a lot of people had the kind of the emotional feeling that uh triple g kind of got robbed uh in the previous fight so in a close fight i think a lot of people's hearts kind of kind of wanted to to go with him and you know he's kind of the european outcast who had you know i, I guess his what is uh, his amateur record was something like 200 and, and 0. i mean didn't he have some astronomical amount of wins
2: in a row i think i think he had like 350 actually something like the, that there you yeah, go. So, I mean, he's, had,
1: he's <laughs> had almost 400 bouts without a, a real loss. And, you know, it's kind of hard. You know, I I, I look at it as, you know, how much money did it cost him? And, you know, it, if he was the one promoted, you know, and it, in boxing, you've always had a little bit of corruption. You know, you, you have the fan bases. Uh, Canelo being the Mexican fighter, obviously, has the big Latino back, backing for him. Um, it's in Vegas. Uh, and it's a, a Golden Boy production. You know, I, I feel like you almost start down two rounds when you when you kind of go into that atmosphere. Um, whereas if the fight would have taken place in Germany or or uh, you know Ukraine or some you know place like that, it might have been a different outcome. Maybe not necessarily right because you might have gotten the the favoritism in the other direction. But um, right. I I think the most of the emotion in somebody like me is is seeing somebody like Triple G who seems to have put in so much time, and he finally got to the kind of the pinnacle of the sport, and then he really got robbed in the last fight. Had he won the last decision, I don't think – I think people would have saw this decision and said, hey, it was a close fight. Let's do number three and find out who the best in the world is. But, you know, I, I think that that's where a lot of the, the angle comes from people like me and, and um, you know, a lot of people who are into combat sports. But, uh, you know, like I said, you're the expert, but, you know, just, just kind of get emotional when there's a big fight and, and get to know some of these fighters.
2: No, I, I completely understand. I completely understand where you're coming from. And I think what, what a lot of it has to do with especially not just taking into account the, the decision from last year, the draw outcome. And then, you know, of course, a lot of people had triple G winning, but it was a draw and they thought that was a robbery and all that stuff. But it didn't, it didn't help that Canelo. There was this fight, remember, was supposed to happen in May of this year, uh, mm-hmm. the single de Mile um holiday. But um Canelo Alvarez got got uh tested positive for clenbuterol. So it had to be canceled, and then he served like a six month suspension. That's what that's why got pushed to this past weekend. Um and I think that also affects people's You know emotions um, and how they view the fight because you know, obviously Triple G's tested a bunch of times, um, and he you know he just seems like a humble guy and everything. He he is. I've I've met him. I've interviewed him multiple times, Um, and you know he he has an endearing personality. Um, So I I understand people are are drawn to him. Um, So I think that also comes into in into account in terms of people's emotions following the decision, following the outcome, Um, but. You know, when you're watching a fight, especially, you know, you especially at these judges who, who, you know, who all the all the judges, pretty much everything to the T in, in this secondary fight was researched and agreed upon between both promotions, Triple G's promotion and Golden Boy for Canelo. So it's not like, you know, somebody like got their own stuff over here and stuff over there. I understand it was in Vegas and the Canelo's a Vegas fighter and, you know, Golden Boy. I, I completely understand, but, but, You know, both promotions agreed on all three judges, on the gloves that were used. They all came to the the same conclusion before the fight started to, okay, this is going to be as fair as possible, you know. And even in the last, like, three rounds, Triple G's trainer, Abel Sanchez, who's up here in Big Bear, California, um, even, I don't know if you guys, you know, in the audio of the broadcast, he was telling Triple G in the corner, like, in the last two or three rounds, we're losing this fight. We're losing this fight. I need you to go knock him out. I need you to Because Abel Sanchez even is like, you know what? This is way too close. And Abel Sanchez is a type of guy like, you know, throughout the last several months, he was talking all this smack on Canelo, saying that he ran the first fight. He needs to stand there and fight. He needs to stand there and fight. You know, he didn't give his fighter a fight. And Canelo came and he took the fight to to Gennady Golovkin. Like, he, you know, all those criticisms he got, he got. I think he really took him to heart and he took the fight to him. And and when Abel Sanchez said that on the broadcast, like, Gennady, we're losing this fight. We're losing this fight. That's when I was like, okay, they he knows, you know. I mean, how, how, of course, you know, as a trainer, especially being with a fighter for a long time, you want to be able to tell them the truth to motivate them and, and, you know, get a win and stuff. But, you know, sometimes there's trainers that's just like, all right, you're doing right, you're doing well, you're doing well. Keep going and get that jab going, get that left hook going, you know. Um, stuff like that, but he told them, like, we're losing this fight, I need something from you, I need something from you um, and then following the fight uh, they interviewed Abel Sanchez gave a couple interviews and he was very graceful in his defeat, he said you know what, I, I, I understand he was like, that was a, a justified decision, and last year it was a completely different tone for him, where he said nah, they robbed us, like you know, Gennady won all those cards What that one eighteen one ten score was a complete disgrace, which it was um, but you know Abel Sanchez, the trainer of Gennady Golovkin, even said he was just like, no, you know what? Like Canelo came to fight. He he proved me wrong. He came to fight. Congratulations. I hope we can do it a third time. He was graceful in defeat. And when you're and when and and he was the guy I was looking for in terms of what he had to say following the fight because he's very vocal and he, he's a big student of the game. Um. And he knows his boxing. And he's training one of the best boxers in the world. And when he said, you know what? I, I understand how it went that way. You know, he was graceful in defeat. He's like, Canelo came to fight. And that was very, very telling for me. Very, very telling. So, you know, that's why, like, you know, people should be happy that that, that we're going to get a third fight here. I mean, this last fight was yeah. great.
0: So so you, you don't mind a third fight? Because it seems like, like, I don't know. It seemed like there's... I. From what I saw it was fifty fifty as far as people wanting to see a, a have a third fight. Usually best two out of three is what settles it. So I guess the third one has to happen to settle it. But uh right. you, you guys no, wouldn't absolutely. mind seeing the third fight.
2: I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it at all. Um, you know, these two guys, they're obviously elite. I think the only thing you have to worry about um is triple G's age. He's thirty six or thirty seven. I think he's thirty six. Canelo's twenty eight. You know, um, but I think I think Gennady Golovkin is one of those fighters, like a Floyd Mayweather, where you know, in age, it look it just seems like they get better because they're such they're in such peak physical shape and they put in so much time into training and everything. Um, so I'm not saying that you know, father time isn't going to catch up to to everybody. It, it catches up to everybody, you know, especially fighters. But you know, there's always those fighters that that they're just so dedicated to the training to the sport that you know they can still perform at a at a, an elite level so i don't you know i think i think triple g will still be an elite fighter if they fight the third time but i wouldn't mind seeing it um i i, I my money is it's going to happen in may again but mm. who knows who knows canelo might do a, a voluntary decision a voluntary matchup against somebody else to defend those world titles um and then they do the the third for the trilogy but you know i i wouldn't mind it i would love to see it
1: yeah, I would you know, I I I'd I'd pay to watch that fight again and and I think that uh if Triple G wants that fight then I think he deserves it because that's the money fight for him. That's the fight he can make the most amount of money. Um as you said he's getting old and his uh, you know, up in, in age. I think he's what 36. Um mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he'll be 37 by the time May rolls around, but um you know, but like you said that you know, combat sports is a bitch when when it catches up to you, it, it ends violently. You know, and Canelo's a dangerous dangerous man to to, to hit father time against. Um, but with that said, that can happen at any level. It, you know, happened to everybody from Roy Jones jr. To, to Mike Tyson, to everybody, right. eventually you get, you get, you get lit up in this sport. Um, you know, and, uh, no, absolutely.
2: Yeah, so. no, absolutely. And, and like I said, you know, people like, you know, I, 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 I know people are going to, you know, they're emotionally attached to, to each fighter and everything. So I get it. You know, I, I, I've been there, I get it, but you know, as a, <laughs> After after covering this sport for the last few years, several years or whatever, uh, as a press, as a member of the press, as a media member, you kind of have to check your ego at the door, check your fan yep. your, your 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 fan side at the door. Yeah. So when you sit there, you know, even if even if you're rooting for somebody in your heart, in your mind, you know, you're 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 supposed to be an unbiased opinion mm. to an ex- to to a big extent um you, you you know you're not supposed to stand up i mean i've been at fights where i see other me- like media guys and stuff like they'll stand up and they'll cheer and like
0: oh my god what the, like what the hell
2: are you like what are you doing yeah, like, yeah. You're, you're never going to get a credential again so yeah, like yeah you know so you know there's a level of professionalism that we're supposed to uphold here you know like yeah. you know for these fights i mean i can't tell you how much money you know I, I, these floor seats you know even though i get the credential I mean, these are essentially like tickets that they're giving you. Of course, it's a give and take. You're providing coverage for them, and they're giving yeah. you access into the event. But I mean, like you know, I've been at fights where like the floor seats that I have are you know thousands of dollars and everything. You know, and it's just like wow. You know, you sit there, you're just like wow. I you know I, but you know, you have a job to do. You you yeah. give them coverage. You know, you write your story. You go and do your podcast, your your video interviews, and everything. So there's a, there's a is a type of partnership. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of promotional companies who you know before they give you the credential or in the credential it says like you know you can't you can't show your fandom like they don't rule don't cheer for one or the other fighter it's unprofessional don't ask for autographs yeah. this and that so yeah. I mean Ed Ed knows Ed knows exactly <laughs> what I'm talking
0: about yeah I'm laughing because I know I know you know the stories and and I'm pretty sure I've told you Matt some a couple of them too but uh, a nice nice segue to uh, um. Cause you mentioned golden boy a, a few times and we talked about aging fighters and stuff. So uh, it kind of went, I, I mean, the way it was handled, I thought was a little odd, but I know I was texting you about it last week, um, Daniel. So De La Hoya is jumping into MMA the same week of, of uh canal triple G. They had the press conference for, for uh Ortiz, Ortiz versus Liddell for the golden boy MMA. Um, right. Like what's, what is, uh, what's the boxing side's opinion of De La Hoya jumping into the venture of MMA because I know people are already critical of of it being Liddell and Ortiz and their and their age and stuff like that, but it's still going to draw. I think let, me, let let's be let's be frank, it's going to draw. But um, um, I just wanted you to think know it's actually going to
2: draw. That's of, what I wanted to ask you. That's what I wanted to ask you if it's actually going to draw. I mean, of course they're they're big legendary names, but I thought well the forum the forum over here in 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 LA like fits. You know, quite a few thousand people, like ten thousand plus, twelve thousand or something. So I was like, "Well, I mean, can they draw? Can they draw all those people?" And that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, they, of course they have the legendary names, but you know, can, you think that they can draw?
0: I mean, it's, it'll draw guys like me and Matt because we 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 want to watch oh, yeah. regardless.
2: Right, right, I mean, right. I, yeah. I think that they're not
1: selling the upper level. Um, I looked into tickets. Ticket sales have been pretty terrible from the start. Mm. Um, they're only selling the the floor and the lower bowl. So that'll probably, I'm at, I think staple or uh, forum actually holds somewhere closer to like 17,000. Um,
2: yeah, it's a lot Yeah, it's a lot. In
1: Lake, when they do a full, full setup. Um, but when I've gone to glory events and stuff there, they use the lower bowl and, and, and the floor, I think it'll probably be somewhere around a, a you know, a seven to 9,000 seat setup, kind of like a, a cat, you know, a Bellator event when it's not a, not a huge, uh, huge show. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm interested in it because I I'm, I'm a fan of both fighters and, and, um, you know, I've, i I like to get my, to see some of my heroes fight one more time guys that I, you know, got me into the sport. Um, even if it's ugly, I, I, as long as they don't get maimed or, or seriously injured, I, I enjoy joy watching them compete. It's one of those things I could probably call 10 of my friends who I couldn't get to go to any fight with me. And they would probably go to that fight just based off of their names. Yeah. Um, yeah but I don't think in the big grand scheme of it, I don't see them doing pay-per-view buys. I'd be shocked if they broke Mm. 200,000. I mean, I think that that's, that's a high number in itself. Uh, UFC events right now are, are struggling to break the 300,000. And a lot of them are even are are much lower than that. So, um, you know, somebody asked me, who's actually um, a really good friend of Chuck Liddell um, who is a mutual friend. And, you know, and, and, you know, I know Golden Boy's looking for like four hundred to five hundred thousand buys, and I think that that's just straight up ridiculous. Yeah, it's scary. Um, I, I I don't know. I told him my, my response was it depends on how the promotion goes. If they're able to get Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz on Sports Center a bunch of times, um, you know, the, I don't know as much of the sports talk radio, but guys like Jim Rome and all those guys, those are the guys that kind of promoted, you know, Tito and Chuck when when they were coming up in the MMA game in the in the mid two thousands. Um, and, and we're really selling out arenas and, and big time names. So if they're able to get, you know, them on on Sports Center for a, a couple weekends in a row, and maybe get them to show up to uh, one of the college game days or something and do the do the picks and stuff like that, I think you can add, you know, twenty five, fifty thousand buys pretty quick just by by having Chuck Liddell's face on the screen, probably more than Tito at this point, because Tito hasn't completely uh, disappeared, but I know a lot of people just, if I told them Chuck Liddell was fighting tomorrow, uh, they would, they would definitely be interested in at least checking it out um, and and seeing him just, you know, like I was telling stories, I used to get 50 people to my house to watch Chuck Liddell fights. You know, if I get five people to watch a Conor McGregor fight, it's, it's, it's (laughs) a a crowd these days. It's just, they're just a whole nother level of, of, you know, it's what everybody got into the sport watching. So it's the same thing with Pacquiao and, and Mayweather talking about fighting again, you know, even though it's pretty much an irrelevant fight. That,
0: that was actually my next question. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You know, it, it, both of them are, are, are pretty much out of their prime. Obviously, Mayweather's still undefeated, but it's the same thing. If you told somebody Pacquiao's fighting, you're going to get a lot more people to tune in than if you would have said Triple G was fighting some, you know, like when he fought in Carson, uh, uh, prior to the, you know, after, after Canelo right. tested positive, you know, nobody was watching that fight. I mean, I watched it, you know, and boxing right. fans watch it, but none of my casual friends were tuning into to HBO or showtime, whatever, whatever that was on that night to watch that fight. So right. I don't know. I, I hope it draws well for the sake of the fighters. Cause I think they make a big cut of the pay-per-view.
0: Yeah. Um, and they still got to add, they still have to build that card up too, to make it more interesting.
1: I, I've heard rumors about the card and I don't think that's going to be very impressive. I don't think there's a lot to draw from, mm. um, especially with all the big names and all the big organizations. And then a lot of the guys that are getting sucked up by bare knuckle boxing right now um, that could have potentially uh, helped fill out those cards. Brendan Ward, we just heard Brendan Ward and uh, Johnny Hendricks signed to fight in in the bare knuckle boxing. Yeah. Those are guys that hypothetically you could have put on the card and, you know, wouldn't have boosted it much, but would have helped uh, at least at the gate by, you know, selling tickets.
0: So uh Daniel uh, what's your take on the uh, Mayweather Pacquiao 2 or Mayweather coming out of retirement again for another super fight?
2: I mean honestly when I I was I was laughing I was laughing <laughs> my ass off when that news broke because uh Mayweather you know what I thought about it? I mentioned it to my 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 podcast co-host uh Michael Shepard, about it you know a couple weeks ago I was just like because because Mayweather and McGregor uh mayweather and Delahoya don't they don't like each other yeah they, they, they've hated each other and like they compete against each other and then in the media and everything and that's why last year mayweather and mcgregor like i mean mayweather mcgregor happened about two and a half weeks three weeks before canelo triple g won that's right and i mean and you know there's a there's a lot of people who who decided like well i don't want to buy both pay-per-views yeah which one do i want to see more well, I'm gonna buy Mayweather-McGregor because it's this weekend and it's a huge fight and and it's a it's an intriguing matchup. Even though you know you kind of know what was gonna happen, yeah. But but it's intriguing and they're the both they're the biggest stars in in you know not just like in their respective sports, but they're like in pop culture as well. So um, so you know Mayweather strategically did that last year, and I was telling my co-host I was just like, you know, I feel like he's gonna do something again. He's gonna do something to try to steal the limelight. Mm-hmm. Well, sure enough, Saturday morning, yeah, he released a video <laughs> where him and him and Pacquiao meet up at some rave in Japan or something, and they're they're like like oh let's do it again, and then Mayweather turns to the camera, he's like, he's just like oh you know I'm coming back in December, December we're gonna do it, I'm like what the hell, and I was just like oh my god, this guy is he they just wanted to steal the thunder on fight day from. The biggest <laughs> fight of the year in Canelo yeah. Triple G, the rematch. Wow. So I mean, I I thought it was I thought it was hilarious, but I you know of course De La Hoya, Golden Boy probably hated it. They're like, oh this guy again, you know. <laughs> but you know I, I I know a lot of people didn't enjoy the first fight in 2015. I understand that, but I mean like you know I I enjoyed it because I'm a boxing fan, and it was exactly how I expected. You know Mayweather fought like he always does. He fights everybody like that, and it was just. You know, it, it, Pacquiao just couldn't catch him. Just couldn't get him. You know, and he, he just couldn't do it. You know, and it's not like he's the first person that that, that ever happened to. If it happens again, I mean, I'll probably and I'm gonna watch it. I'm a boxing fan, just like you guys say. Like you know, if it's MMA, we're gonna watch it. Yeah. I'm gonna watch. I'll watch it again, but. Honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. I think it was just all smoke and mirrors. Um, it was more to take, you know, they're, they're they're trying to feed, they're trying to see what the what the interest is in. I mean, they were talking about Mayweather-McGregor too, and then they were going back and forth on social media. I mean, you know, if the demand is there, and they if they can kind of measure it, and then they can make another solid payday, well, of course they're going to do it. Yeah. But you know, they're they're kind of they're testing the waters here. So you know, they're they're time will tell. But I don't think they're going to fight again. I think it's just all smoke and mirrors and it's just a big circus but i think it's hilarious
1: well mayweather's not going to fight any of the top young guys right i mean that's pretty much we we've we've determined that he's he's in it for the money and he's not going to risk his his record fighting somebody like you know i know triple g's a little heavier than him but hypothetically somebody like that or a canelo he fought canelo already once but you know he's not going to go through that again and so with that said, other than a, a, some kind of off fight against a, a Mayweather or a, or I'm sorry, a McGregor or a, a TJ Dillashaw in MMA or, <laughs> or, or something like or, or uh, other than a Pacquiao in boxing, who is there? Is there anybody else that would attract any kind of crowd for him to fight or uh,
2: make money for him, even if it didn't in, sell? In, a, of, ha- in In terms of money, I mean, Mayweather Mayweather will draw on his own. I mean, like when he was fighting guys that didn't really have a name but they had they were great boxers undefeated and they were like on a winning streak he was still drawing 700 800,000 pay-per-views and, and and analysts were calling that a failure for him because he was always breaking 1 million, 1. Mm-hmm. 1.5 million. And 700,000, 800,000 buys is ridiculous. Like that's a lot. But to somebody like Mayweather who had such a high bar it was a, it was a, it was a failing pay-per-view event because he was always breaking one, 1 million, 1. 1.5, 2 million. Um, so Mayweather would draw on his own, you know, at least probably four or 500,000 at least. But, um, in terms of, you know, having a, that dance partner that where they're going to actually draw somebody to, I mean, the only people out there is who he can, you know, get a big buy rate is of course, McGregor again, you know, which if it happened once, it can happen again. Uh, pacquiao or canelo um there's not to say that there's fighters in that division between 147 154 where he fights that won't give him a good fight and they're young guys they're world champions right now like guys like there's a guy named errol spence he's from uh dallas texas Uh, he's a current he's a current ibf uh welterweight world title uh world champion um he's like 27 and 0 and he's probably the best welterweight in the world right now. I mean, there's other welterweights, Terence Crawford, and those guys that are right up there. But in my opinion, Errol Spence is probably the best welterweight in the world. Um, so there's fights out there that are intriguing if you're, you know, if you're a boxing fan and you know the sport. But Mayweather's not in the business anymore of fighting guys for competition. You're, he's going to want you to have some type of name. That's why he's only he, he would only come back for Pacquiao if the money's there, McGregor. Or Canelo, if Canelo goes down to like 155 or something like that. Um, Mayweather's not in the business anymore of coming back to fight these young guys, especially since a lot of these young guys at welterweight within his weight classification are signed by his advisor, Al Heyman. Um, So, you know, if he comes back and he fights one of these young guys and he beats him, uh, it's going to hurt his advisor's investment in that young guy, you know, and... The, the long-term investment is in these young guys who are world champions at the moment who are still building their careers so um yeah he won't come back for any of the prime the prime uh, fighters right now in in that weight cut classification it's just, he'll just come back for Pacquiao, McGregor or canelo and canelo is a bit of a stretch because he fights at 160 now and you know I, he can't make one he can't go back down to 154 or 150 where they fought they fought at 152 when they fought a couple of years ago. Um, And Canelo can't make that weight anymore. So um, I think your only viable options in terms of money is Pacquiao and McGregor. You
1: know, know, most of the people that that weren't fans of Mayweather, I always enjoyed watching him because I I was always a fan of the technical. You know, I always – Told people that I was always told boxing. The key to boxing is not to get hit, not necessarily hitting your opponent, but not getting hit yourself. Um, so the defensive the side of boxing is something that I've always enjoyed. I not always enjoyed paying a ton of money to watch it, um, but but enjoyed you know watching it as a sport. Um, he's coming to the end of his career, so he's probably at most only got a couple fights left. I've always told people that you know he, he can be kind of unexciting to the casual fan as long as he's undefeated because he always can carry that with him and people can always watch to see him lose his first fight. If he were to fight somebody like Canelo and get knocked out and have that first loss, although he get paid, would it, do you think it would hurt his reputation and kind of hurt his future earnings as a hall of famer and a, and just a name value uh, for the rest of his life? Basically, if he were to retire getting knocked out as opposed to fighting some other bum for a third of the money and, and, and
2: and go 51 and 0 um i mean yeah of course if he lost it'd be it'd be a big thing um but honestly i think it of course he still wants to remain undefeated it's a big thing for him i understand you know he likes that record and he's proud of it and he's worked hard for it i understand that but um you know even if he lost now if he got knocked out or something i mean the guy's like essentially he's 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 been the highest paid athlete for the last several years and he was the highest paid athlete this year on Forbes magazine and he didn't even fight this year, but he's just like, <laughs> it's just because he makes so he's make he makes so much money. Yeah. Um, especially from that McGregor fight. Uh, so, you know, I know he likes his, his undefeated record. I, I get it. Um, I mean, I don't think he would risk it, but even if he does and he lost, uh, even if he got knocked out, he's the type of guy that like, he would, you know, be graceful and defeat and be like, Oh yeah, you know, like Father Time caught up to me. But you know, it's easy to say that when you got seven hundred eight hundred million dollars in a bank. So um yeah. But know, a lot a loss, a loss would essentially
1: end his run as a do you do you think he could take a loss and then still come back and sell as many pay per views?
2: Um I think it depends on the type of loss, uh, and who the loss was against. I mean, you know. Of course, there's guys out there like even in them, of course, in the MMA world, you can take a loss. And then if you still, you know, you still grind it out and you can come back from it and sometimes become a bigger star like Canelo Alvarez. The only loss he's ever had is against Mayweather. Mayweather beat him when when Canelo was 22 years old and they sold like two point four million pay-per-view buys. And that was a big event. But everybody knew, like, you know what? Canelo's just not ready for somebody like Mayweather. And he wasn't and he wasn't. And that was a disappointing loss for Canelo. I mean, if you watch the the Showtime All Access um, behind the scenes, you can see that he was very emotional following the loss. But but look at now, can- Canelo after that fight, he's a bigger star than he's ever than, than he's ever than he's ever been after that fight. Um, so you know, it, I think for Mayweather, if he took a loss, I mean, I think it would hurt obviously his 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 uh his his drawing power. But that's not to say that people still wouldn't want to watch him, you know. I, he's always gonna have some type of drawing power. And I think he knows that. I mean, I think he knows that he didn't really sell people aren't buying his fights to see him knock out guys or beat guys. They're buying his fights because of his personality and they want other guys to beat him up, <laughs> to knock yeah. him out. Yeah. That's why they're buying it. And he knows that. He knows that. How many times has he said that has he said that over the years in interviews and in, in, in and all these like behind the scenes HBO twenty four sevens Showtime all access. Yeah. He says, he says he's like whether you pay to see me lose or you pay to see me win, you're paying to see me.
0: Yeah, he's yeah, right.
2: He's right. He, I mean, he is. So it's Ma- like I mean, McGregor's thing, probably uh, like that too.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just gonna say, I mean, just to compare it to MMA, I mean, um, maybe McGregor's not McGregor's not so much like that because of all the f- he actually draws like all of Ireland to Vegas when he when he come or he'll probably draw them all the, you know next month. He draws them all to New York. I mean, I mean, he's in New York this week, and and they're not even letting uh, the general public in like they normally do for press conferences. It's media only. Um, but um, the back to the thing about wanting, uh, comparing it to MMA. Even Dana White, uh, as recently as uh, whenever CM Punk fought last, he commented, he's like, well, when you can draw like CM Punk, then then I'll put you on the main card because.
2: Yeah, I remember even, that. I saw that quote. Yeah,
0: yeah. So even 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 though he's he's zero and two in MMA, um, they put him on the main card because people are tuning in to watch this WWE guy catch a real beating. You know yeah. what I mean? But so they I, did
1: ter- they did terrible ratings on that show. So
0: they I, I did. Don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doing... I, think,
1: I think I think Dana White might have got ahead of himself after the first first. But
0: time. there's still people that watch. I mean, even even with the low numbers, I mean, if you if you ask people like when I was watching it, the people around me were like, I just want to, they, I heard people say, I just want to watch him get his ass beat. I mean, uh, Michael Jackson, uh, didn't, or Mike Jackson rather didn't help his, his own cause any by performing the way he did. He would have done himself a favor had he knocked out. I wrote, I wrote mad articles about that, but (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but, but you know, like he would have done himself a favor. That's why you're not hearing him to come up in the UFC anymore either. But, um, anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, did you I,
1: did you real quick did you catch on Twitter I saw it before the show went on here that McGregor tweeted out that the press conference was open to the public huh. and, and I don't know if if it actually is or if it's he's just So it's he's not. just trying to start a riot then yes. because he,
0: he,
1: <laughs> you know I yeah. I I didn't see how many re- you know I imagine you're going to have
0: Although you know, I got an email from from MSG uh before when I was making my way home I didn't read it it was from it was from someone that works at MSG So I don't know if they changed that because uh, uh, fans got mad or whatever. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I'll I'll probably verify it after and I'll let you guys know. But um, you know what? One thing I I wanted to ask you, Daniel, because Matt and I talked about it. I don't know if you went to anything for it or or have talked about it with with boxing guys. Uh, The Zone, DAZN with the match room Boxing and the Boxing world World Super Series, obviously they're they added Combate Americas and Bellator to their, to their programming for, for here in the U S and Canada. So right. how, how are boxing uh, folks handling the streaming option? Um, I mean, you know, I never really hear much. And I know I've talked to you about it in the past, as far as like uh, keeping up with technology, you know, boxing always kind of bothers me how it's like they do things a little old fashioned and now you have right. the streaming option. Um, I feel like, uh, I don't know what, what what's the opinion on, on, uh, of you guys with, the. Uh, with the zone coming into the U.S.,
2: I mean, I the people I talk to and personally myself, I I I'm, I enjoy it. I think it's great. Um, like you said, you know, you, you, all these streaming options and stuff. I mean, that that's the way of the world now. Is all these Netflix, Hulu, you know, HBO Go, HBO Now, all that stuff. Um, you know, that's the way of the world now. You know, um, is streaming, streaming, streaming. That's why, you know, when there's a Showtime card, um, or even an HBO card. Uh, for the last, you know, probably year and a half, they'll show the undercard fights on YouTube. Mm. Uh, on, they'll stream them live on YouTube. Um, so, you know, they're slowly getting into that, getting into that. Um, and I think for DAZN, uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's great. Um, I think it's great. They struck up Eddie Hearn, who's the head of Matchroom Boxing. You know, he struck a, a big deal. Um, I forgot some some big investment firm or some big investment guy over there in the UK, but it's, it's a lot of money. Um and it gives and it gives uh, fighters, you know, more platforms, um, you know, and then, then ESPN released their ESPN plus app, which is $4.99 a month, five bucks. And there's a lot of fights being um, streamed on there. And it's not they'll just be they'll, they'll be streamed live. And then, you know, if you miss it, you can still go on the app and watch it because they're saved on there, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great. I think it's great for fans, casual fans, boxing fans, MMA fans. I think it's great. Um and especially now, at least for boxing, there's a lot of uh, television deals that have been signed in the last several weeks for Fox. Uh, you know, the Zone has some and stuff like that. Um, you know, Showtime and stuff like that. I mean, HBO is kind of on the on the fence, and you know, nobody kind of know what, knows what their future is. But um, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of television contracts and a lot of streaming contracts that are coming into the fold even Facebook watch is coming into the fold with golden boys. So yeah.
0: PFL uses them a lot.
2: Yeah. So I think it's, I think it's great. I, I like the zone. I've, 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 uh, I've talked to Eddie Hearn multiple times at events. He's been over here in LA multiple times. Um, and I think it's great. I think he's got a, he's, he's a promoter's promoter. Like he's, he's, he knows the marketing but he's, he's a young guy, you know, he's like six foot three, six foot four. And he's a young guy. So he knows how to adapt with the times. Um, but he, you know, he knows how to market his his company and his and his fighters. Um, but I think it's I think it's great. And I think you know you got to sink or swim. You got to adapt with the times. And, and streaming is the way of the world right now. And just because boxing has a lot of old fashioned people, which they still do, yeah. um, you know, I think the tide's starting starting to turn. So they're just like, oh, you know what? Of course we want to do it this way, but everybody's going that way, and we're falling behind. So we're, you know, we got We got to jump in here. So I think it's great. I think I think it's it's perfect for the sport.
1: I want to jump in real quick too. And as a fan of the kind of the heavyweights uh, of, of all combat sports, it's kind of the first time in boxing in a while. It seems that the heavyweight uh, weight class kind of has some interest in it. Um, You got guys like Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, uh, Tyson Fury. I even heard uh, Klitschko's talking about a possible comeback. Um, (laughs) And I know that there's a few other guys. Uh, What what's your, what's your take on kind of where we're at with the, the heavyweights in the world of boxing?
2: I think, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of uh heavyweight interest. Um, I think it's the highest it's ever been um, for the last, you know, when, when the Klitschko brothers were in it for like 10 years, they were dominating yeah. everybody. They were dominating everybody. And the, so the heavyweight division didn't get a lot in uh, like a too much interest. And, and, you know, it kind of died away because, Nobody can beat the Klitschko brothers like, Oh, okay. You're fighting a Klitschko brother where you're going to get knocked out. You're going to lose again. So there was no interest, but I mean, like the Klitschko brothers were just that good and the, the opposition they were fighting just couldn't, couldn't pair up. But now, you know, especially after Klitschko retired, Vladimir Klitschko, and especially how he lost to Anthony Joshua, which was like, that was like a, that was like a, that was like a movie fight. I don't know if you get, if you caught it, but that was, you know, that was a, that was a fight of the year in 2017. Um, and it was in front of like 80,000 people, at I think, uh Webley Stadium over there in the U.K. Um, but, you know, Anthony Joshua obviously beat him, got his world titles, heavyweight titles. And then you got Deontay, Deontay Wilder over here in, Amer- in America. He's from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. He has a WBC heavyweight world title. And then you got Tyson Fury, who's, who just came back. He's been a couple, couple, couple fights now. And now him and Wilder, are they're supposed to actually announce it officially this week. It's a rumor probably tomorrow or Thursday. Um, that they're supposed they're supposed to fight I think in November I believe, um, or maybe December I, I I forgot they they haven't really f- officially released details but they're supposed to come over here in Vegas but like you said, I think that the interest in the heavyweight division is it's it's the highest it's ever been since maybe the late 90s or when Tyson was still there, um, sometime in the 90s, um, and I think it's great you know jo- Anthony Joshua was like 20 28 years old 27 28 years old Deontay Wilder is like 32 31 you know Tyson Fury's like in his late 20s, 28, 29 or something. Um and then you got a guy like Luis Ortiz who's from Cuba who who gave Wilder his hardest fight he's ever had. Um the previous fight. Um he's like that, guy, that guy's like 39, 40 but he you know he could still he could still mess people up. So there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting and intriguing matchups in the heavyweight division that there hasn't been in a long time. So um, and then this Saturday, you know, just to give a quick plug, uh, there's a, there's a pretty significant heavyweight championship fight this Saturday. Again, I think it's from Wembley, uh, Anthony Joshua's fighting again. Um, and he's putting his title titles on the line against this Russian guy named Alexander Povetkin. The only loss that guy's ever had is against Vladimir Klitschko. Everybody else, he's like knocked out. Um, so that's a pretty interesting, uh, matchup. Um, so. You know, that's just saturday if you can catch it yeah i see um,
0: it's popped up on my feed a lot is that is that on uh where's that gonna is that a pay-per-view or, or espn I we're,
2: think, we're... Uh, well i think it's pay-per-view over there in the uk um because anthony josh was obviously a big draw over there yeah um over, over here you know what i think it's on the zone now that you mention it I think oh, it's on... <laughs> oh yeah josh
0: was uh exclusive yeah so you're right
2: yeah he's match room so um i think if you have the the zone the app you can stream it on there this Saturday and, and, you know, if you have the time that that should be a pretty interesting fight, um, you know, and especially cause Joshua draws so many people to these big stadiums. It's a pretty, it seems like a pretty uh, crazy atmosphere. So um, no, like going back to, you know, his question, I think the heavyweight division is great right now and I hope it just keeps going and, 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 and eventually these like guys like Wilder and, and, and Joshua fight and come head to head and, you know, it just keeps going up from there.
1: Do you, you know, uh, when you got into the sport, who are some of the, what are, you know, who's your, if you had to say who your favorite fighter was, or maybe your favorite fight coming up, uh, that, that really locked you into the sport, uh, can you, uh, can you get it down to to one or two
2: names or a fight or two? Um, I mean, man, uh. I was a big Chavez fan. I mean, I'm Mexican American, so who is I a Chavez? Say, I was gonna say. I
0: was gonna say that's a default yeah.
2: for us. So that's a default for if you're Mexican. <laughs> uh, in my in my household, it was you know he was huge. Um, I was a Pernell Whitaker Whitaker fan. Um, if you know Pernell Whitaker, look him up. But he's a very Sweet significant P. fighter. Sweet P, exactly. Yep. Um, you know, and then going back to like you know uh, the 80s and, and stuff like that. You know, I like Roberto Roberto Duran a lot. Um, I was a big fan of him, um, you know, and then you guys, you got you, you, Sugar Ray Robinson, Sugar Ray Leonard, um, but I was, I was always a Duran fan. I've always liked him, um, but yeah, like Chavez, Pernell Whitaker, um, you know, and then De La came into the fold and, you know, I was a fan of De La Hoya, even though some people hated him, but yeah. I was cool with him, here. You know. Yeah, so I was, I was, I was cool with him. I appreciated him and, you know, especially him being an Olympian gold medalist and a Mexican American and then, you know, he, he was, he was doing his thing. I, I was cool with it. So, um, you know, and, and in terms of fights, I mean, man, uh, let's see. Um, I mean, I, I watched a lot of Tyson fights. Um, I even watch them back sometimes like on YouTube or and all that stuff and, and yeah. you know, all the fights he's ever had. Cause you know, they're just insane. Um, but yeah. you know, um, you know what? You watch the the significant fights. Mayweather, uh, not Mayweather. Um, De La Jolla and Mosley. I think they fought twice. Um, you know, you, you got Felix Trinidad in there. I think he fought Mosley too. Um, and Felix Trinidad, you know, was was great Another... too. But then he he just kind of disappeared after a while. Um, then you had Fernando Vargas. Fernando Vargas and De La Jolla, when they fought. I think they fought in two thousand two. That was a big moment for Mexicans because yeah. you have two Mexicans going at it that was that was a big fight i remember there was a ton of people at my house um yeah. watching that fight so that was a that was a big event um
0: i remember so- uh, uh De La hoya did that interview i forget who he did it with it might have been real sports or something when he talks about when he when he, when he faced chavez and how it kind of damaged his uh his fan base when he won over uh, Julio cesar chavez and how he just talked about yeah. how he he kind of regrets even doing that fight cuz he was like it's like it was almost like he he shot himself in the foot by by taking that fight and winning
2: it it did and it did it was like a double edged sword because Chavez was so in, endeared by not just you know mexico <laughs> yeah in, in the united states too he's he was he was like a god yeah he yeah. was like a god he really was um and you know they thought okay, put him against the young lion against the old lion de la jolla's Mexican and stuff but I think what happened was yeah. that um you know. Chavez was just so endeared; his people were just so behind him that even though De La Hoya beat him, yeah. uh, it didn't like, it didn't translate. He didn't get his fans to go to his like. People were just like, "Man, forget that! Like, yeah. you beat you beat my guy." You know, so so, yeah. so it was tough for him. It was a double edged sword.
0: You know, you yeah. know why I'm laughing. I think I might have told you this story, Daniel, but Matt hasn't heard it. I remember getting into a heated argument about that fight. And not realizing that I was getting upset because of that endearment that I had for Chavez, that when someone was talking about it, it was some dude I grew up with. But uh, I remember getting so mad, and then catching myself. I'm like, "Wait a minute, man! It's just you know, it was just a sport. Why am I getting so upset over this?" But it was it was a pretty big deal for us hardcore uh, Chavez fans back then.
1: Well, uh, you know, it's it was been a while, but if I remember right, didn't and De La Hoya whooped his ass pretty good, and it wasn't like it stopped in like the whoa, whoa,
0: take it easy, man. No, no,
1: no. no. uh, If I remember right, it was like wasn't it like a sixth round stoppage or? I
2: think yeah, you know, I believe so, yeah.
1: You know, but, but it it goes to what you're saying. You know, like I'm a big Fedor fan. Fedor tapping out to Verdun, all will pass the torch. Bigfoot Silva can go f himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, it's not like he lost a, 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 You know, Chavez didn't lose a close decision. It, you know, he he got his ass whooped. So if you're a fan of Chavez, I can see you kind of looking at De La Hoya and, and not wanting to. Uh, you know, and and it being hard to accept passing the torch and and moving moving in that direction as far as changing your allegiance to who you're rooting for. Um, like I said, whereas I, I became a Verdun fan, even though he beat my beat my guy, uh, I, I never rooted for Bigfoot Silva in a fight after he beat Feodor. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's just kind of kind of the way it is. But um, man, this has been awesome. You know, we 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 talk about being a show that that kind of talks about all combat mm. sports, and obviously we, we're where we lean MMA and we try to talk a little glory and, and, and when boxing matches come up, but it, it's been some awesome ju- having, uh, yeah.
0: we, we,
1: we've had jujitsu. We've had, you know, submission grapplers. We've had them on the show and, and we've talked actually quite a bit about that, but this is the first time we've had a, a boxing, uh, you know, analyst and expert on and
0: one um, of the best.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it, and, you know, it's for me, it's been cool because, you know, yeah. like I said, I, I, it's boxing's what got me into the combat sport. The first fight I ever went to was uh uh Shane Mosley against uh Wilfredo Rivera uh, oh, wow. at, at Pachanga. Um, oh, wow. and, and actually Temecula. ran yeah. at Temecula, and actually ran into uh my old MMA instructor Mark Hall at that time and he was handing out flyers for his his first event. So uh you know, and I and Ed knows, but I've been to, you know, over two hundred live events now, so that kind of kick started my whole you know, the whole world of, of getting to watch combat sports live and, and seeing uh, De La Hoya actually knock, or not De La Hoya, Mosley finished Rivera in the 10th round, final round with a knockout, and actually yeah. was one of the better fights of the year that year. Um, and, and ever since then, I kind of became a Mosley mostly fanboy, And then, and then they, you know, when, when obviously everybody who had Sony PlayStation, uh, played the, played the knockout Kings and, and, Night, yeah. and, Knock and, Fight Kings. and stuff a, like that. Game was so, awesome. You know, that's why you yeah. were naming off all those guys. And I was just waiting for Ike Corte. I was yeah. going to well, pretty soon. We're going to have the entire, uh, knockout Kings roster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, But yeah, I just want to thank you for coming on, man, and, and, and really talking about another sport that, that I love and, and, and enjoy watching and, and, uh, and really happy to see it, you know, it never really disappeared, but it kind of faded away as, as MMA really kind of hit the peak, but it's great to see it back and, and, and getting good pay-per-view buys and, and, uh, and getting some character back in, in the sport and, and uh, whether it's the heavyweights or, you know, kind of the classic divisions that, that have always kind of ran, you know ran ran boxing, uh, you know, in the, in the middleweight, uh, divisions, uh, over the last, you know, 30 years or so, it's, it's great to see that back and, and be able to talk about that. And, 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 and it means something, not just be talking about fights that, that, that don't mean anything and, and nobody's interested in, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's great, great to see that back.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daniel let folks know about like, uh, where they can follow the new podcast, your stories, uh, where, where, where do we follow your, your, your hot takes?
2: Sure. Sure. Um, so like I said, you know, thanks for having me on guys. I, I appreciate it. Um, I know you guys have been doing this show for a while. Um, and you know, I know you guys talk mostly MMA, but I mean, Ed knows of course now, and, and you both know now that, you know, when you need a boxing guy, you can call me and then, you know, even if you want to change it up a little bit, I have a lot of, uh, I have a lot of contacts so I can get on your show in terms of boxing. So, um, but yeah, you can, you can follow me on, on Twitter, uh, at Danny Z, um, underscore boxing. Um, on Twitter, um, I, you can follow us on our podcast. Um, we just actually started it uh, within the last couple of weeks. There's two episodes. Second episode just dropped yesterday where we talk, we review Canelo Triple G. Not just the, that fight, but the entire card, um, you know, co-main event, uh, the uh, swing television, swing belt and all that stuff. Um, we talk about, you know, Friday's, Friday's fight uh, on ESPN from Fresno for the 140-pound world title. Um, and then we talked Joshua Pavekin this Saturday. So um, that episode just dropped Apple Podcast, Spotify, all the big platforms like that. Um, and you can follow um, you can follow that podcast uh, on Twitter and Instagram at the Last Round Twelve, the Last Round One Two. Um, and then um, my co-host on that is Michael Shepard. He's from England, who now is over here, is planted over here in Southern California um so it's an english guy and a mexican american guy doing a podcast on boxing so um you know if like i said if we ever need i told Ed before if we ever need like some type of mma guy or anything if mcgregor comes back and he wants to fight canelo or somebody or maybe <laughs> another bayweather yeah uh you know then we'll we'll reach out and you know i'm sure there'll there'll be a time when we need a we need an mma expert um or even if you guys just want to talk boxing um and you guys are in the area you're more than welcome to come. Uh we you know we do it out of a studio and everything. So um, you know, we're trying to keep it as professional as possible and then and, and attract some 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 good fans. So um yeah, I, I, I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having me on, guys. And then like I said, when you guys need a boxing guy, you know where to find me.
0: Word.
1: Awesome. And and as usual, uh fans can follow us at combat hour on Twitter, myself at MMA Hawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Ed at Carbazol on Twitter and at Carbizol on Instagram. Um, we also have some merchandise available at uh, teespring.com. Oh, yeah. dot G.com. You can uh, search it for Coast. It's Coast to Coast Combat um, with dashes in between each word. Um, or you can see our link uh, on Twitter. And uh, if you're interested in any. Uh, Any of the merchandise, let me know. If uh, you're interested in any other kind of merchandise, uh, there's a lot available to us. So uh, I'd be happy to put something together uh, if anybody uh, is willing to represent the the podcast and and support us. So um, with that said, uh, you know, we're still waiting. Hopefully next week I'll have a main event for my uh, damn birthday in New York uh, coming up (laughs) for for UFC 230.
0: By Thursday Um, you'll sure have it, yeah. Yeah,
1: I know. We're about we're going to find out there's Mayweather Pacquiao 2 before I find out <laughs> who's, fighting, who's fighting in 5 weeks in in, uh, uh, in Madison Square Garden. Um so hopefully we'll have that to talk about in the press conference and uh we'll see where we're at in the in any other announcements in the world of boxing or uh, MMA. Um good talking to you guys.
0: All right. Hey, Daniel. Yeah. When are you going to stop telling me how to live my life? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I been tell I been telling you that you I've been telling that that to you for years, man. You still haven't listened to me. <laughs> I mean, we got we got a regular Billy Joel over here. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, man. It was, it was a good time. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Uh huh.